Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking about the decrease in crime and murder rates in Portland and the increase in personal attacks against city commissioner Renee Gonzalez. Plus, we'll hear some hot takes on food influencers and a bit of neighborhood news, aka gossip, surrounding a cafe closing in southeast Portland. Joining me on this midweek roundup is our very own producer, Julia Fioni. It's Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Welcome, everyone, to the Midweek Roundup, a.k.a. the Microdoses of Roundups. Julia, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm hanging in there for a Monday. Yeah. I know you're listening to this on a Tuesday, but we do tape it on a Monday. So understand that is the energy sometimes that we uh, are bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good context. <laughs> How was your weekend? My weekend was really good. I got to go see uh, Jenny Don't and the Spurs on Saturday at that new country venue on Southeast Powell, the showdown. I'd never seen them before, and they just like totally killed it. Such a good time. There was a surprise uh, guest performance from Tootie Cole of Dead Moon. <gasps> I what did know. she do? Uh, they just sang a song together. I don't know what song it was, but oh. she just came up at the end, and it was just like the cutest little thing. I didn't realize how short she is. She was standing in front of me the whole time, and I was oh like, that God. was Tootie Cole this whole time? Well, but, she's like 70 now, so I, I think yeah. it's more of an age thing, you know? <laughs> you just like shrink when you get older. <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah. You're 24. You think you're going to be tall forever, but you're not, Julia. <laughs> That sounds lovely. Did you get any of the sun on Saturday? Did you go out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just went for some long walks. What did you do? I attempted to go to the zoo because I'm a member, and they were sold out. I went in at 1, and they're like, sorry, we're sold out for the day. I'm like, but it's 1 p.m. I guess everyone had the exact same thought. They're like, oh, it's sunny. Let's go look at some animals. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) And you know what's so sad? Because I'm a member, so we go there. (laughs) It's going to sound so dumb. We go there sometimes for the food. Oh. There's, this, <laughs> there's this one vendor that we really like. Look, it's it, they make bowls. It's really good. And we're just like, we want this like bowl. Bowl of what? Like chicken and like veggies. It's really good. It's like Cocina Verde. Mm-hmm. So we went there so hungry at 1 p.m. And they're just like, no, it's sold out. It's sunny. Oh. Get out of here. And I was like, well, yeah. I'm a member. And they're like, yeah, mem- especially members. Sold out for especially members. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So we went to the Japanese garden starving. Oh, and, no. you know, they have a little cafe and yeah. they're just like, sorry, everyone's also, also here. Uh-huh. And it's like backed up for like two hours. And we're just like, we're going to die up here. We're just <laughs> chewing gum <laughs> at the garden, all serene, trying to like, I don't know, trick our stomachs into believing there was food. That is really, really sad. 
Oh, man. Well, well, let's go into the news. Julia, what ended up catching your eye this weekend? Yeah, so this is some good news from last week. And before I get into it, I want to give a quick shout out to Courtney Vaughn from the Portland Mercury and Lucas Manfield from Willamette Week for their reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week, the Portland Police Bureau released some data that showed that crime fell last year compared to 2022. Mm-hmm. More specifically, the data shows business robberies were down by 21%. There were 16% fewer carjackings and 12% fewer reports of aggravated assaults. While homicides, non-injury shootings, and the number of homicide victims decreased by roughly 20%, which is a big deal. Yeah. This immediately made me reflect on conversations we had with Lionel Irving from Love is Stronger, which is mm-hmm. a community-run gun violence intervention program, and Sierra Ellis, who operates the city-run gun violence prevention program Ceasefire, which we can mm-hmm. link to both of those episodes in the show notes. But they both were feeling pretty optimistic about the results they were seeing through community outreach to curb gun violence when we spoke to them a few months ago. So it's really awesome to see the overall numbers reflecting that. But I mean, I will say it's important to note that Portland's numbers do reflect a nationwide trend around crime. So it's not necessarily unexpected per se, but And we haven't returned to our historically low crime rates prior to this spike related to the pandemic. But even Mayor Ted Wheeler was mentioning that we're not at a point where we're sitting and popping champagne yet. There's still a lot of work to do. But before I continue, uh, how are you feeling about this? Well, I kept seeing those headlines and I was happy to see them. But like you mentioned, these community organizations like Love is Stronger and all of the ceasefire initiatives, I mean, they seem to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there really was a clear before and after. And so I just hope that they continue in the right path. And I feel like this happens a lot where numbers start to look better and politicians forget to fund things. You know, uh-huh. It's like when people take medication for something and they start feeling better and they're like, oh, I'm not depressed anymore. And it's like, no, you know, you got to keep taking that though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This might be a forever thing. Like we just got to keep doing this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I will say though, another thing that came up towards the end of the week related to crime that was a little discouraging was um, Commissioner Renee Gonzalez again posted a statement on his Instagram explaining how he was accosted on the max on his way to City Hall to the point where he had to get off and and walk the rest of his way there and was asked by City Hall for him and his family to refrain from using public transportation for the next little while, which is honestly just sad. And not to mention something we we spoke about a couple weeks ago, a car belonging to his family was set on fire in his driveway, which was allegedly tied to anarchist activity. So As a whole, it seems like Portland's moving in the right direction, but people are still pretty upset at city council for how things still are specifically involving housing and addiction and taking those things out in pretty harmful ways. So um, we're still in the thick of it for sure. Yeah, you know, I don't understand how people can just see one person as the reason why the city isn't working. Like, yeah. I hate to break it to you, but he doesn't have that much power. Like, he doesn't have that much no. influence. Also, like, wh- what I didn't realize is how much of a biker, like, I didn't know he took public transportation or he rode his bike everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that just, like, it made me sad that he had to stop doing that. Because sometimes, like, I don't know if you've ever had to ride your bike to a job that was stressful, but it really is 
helpful to do that. Mm -hmm. Like it does clear your mind. Yeah. Or even taking the bus. Like you're not driving. It just clears your mind in a way. Yeah. It like helps you prepare for the day. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't even have that now. Nobody should feel like they don't have that option, period. And even if you're Renee Gonzalez, you should be able to take the bus or the max or walk to work and not have to think about it. That's what everybody hopes for everyone in this city. So it is really disappointing. And it's sad to see this happen back to back to him and his family. Yeah. I just hope there's some accountability for what's been happening. Yes. And like, I understand the immense frustration. I think as a city, we're all frustrated by the things that still aren't working. But again, we've mentioned this before. It's just not the way to do it. And like you said, you can't point all of that frustration at one person. It's not going to do anything productive. No. If anything, you're just making him look even better. More sympathetic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If this is your reasoning behind it, like you're just like, we're going to get him. It's like, nope, Mm -hmm. you're just going to make him look awesome because he's going to rise above it um, because he Mm -hmm. seems like a level-headed guy. And and now I feel sorry for him. I'm feeling (laughs) really sorry. We're feeling sorry for him. We're just like, damn, man, let the man live. Yeah. It's like he gave him a free platform to talk about how he takes public transportation right before he's running for mayor. (laughs) So (laughs) way to go. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, does yeah. he? Oh, You're that's like, good how to sweet know. Is that? That's nice. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't have known that person who attacked him on the <laughs> mess. Yeah. I I would have definitely assumed he drove to work. That's so funny. It's like <laughs> the next attack, you're just like, he saves puppies? Someone slapped a puppy out of his hand? Why? He was, he was helping an elderly woman cross the street. And then someone elbowed him? But why? <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, some uh, neighborhood news on a couple local eateries. Well, I wanted to talk about... <sighs> This is so silly. I wanted to talk about some hot goss. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So these are stories that have not been thoroughly investigated. Mm -hmm. Let's let's put that in italics, you know, underneath the headline Mm -hmm. there. Not investigated. Definitely read about in social media or Mm -hmm. it's been brought to our attention. So the first one I wanted to bring up was something that a listener sent us via DM uh, through social media. And it's about... The Esperanza Trading Company, which is a southeast coffee shop, uh, that's like in the Woodstock area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the Republica restaurant family. For those who are like Republica, you know, they're like a really, I would say more high-end Mexican uh, restaurant that also spawned off these like uh, coffee shops and and, uh, and smaller restaurants like La Perlita. And it's a restaurant group, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is according to Esperanza was basically, they just put up a... Um, post that said, hey, we're closing. And it crushed a lot of people in that community. And one of the people who who forwarded us uh, this information basically said, this is a huge blow to us freelance folks south mm-hmm. of Woodstock who are already lacking third spaces to work from. When I heard about it, I was like, yeah, that I can't imagine some place that I love in my neighborhood just leaving, up and leaving. And then you hear that it's like a landlord dispute. And so immediately, like, wh- what the heck? You oh, know? yeah. Well, basically, they're closing because their rent is getting hiked up to a point where they're not able to pay. And then it came out that the landlord basically refuted that and was just like, you know what? Um, You were never even on the lease. 
Yeah. And then <laughs> Esperanza <laughs> came back and was just like, seems you were cashing our uh, non-lease checks pretty good. And also you knew you we were on here because like supposedly the landlord made them something special for their shop. And they're just like, how did you not know we were here if you made us this thing? And so it's just a lot of back and forth as to what the deal is because the landlord was like, you didn't renew your lease. So basically they're just, there's a lot of muddiness and every report that I see is essentially just going, hey, we don't really know what's going on. There's just a lot of back and forth as to why this coffee shop isn't going to be able to continue its work. The landlord mm -hmm. is essentially saying, we're not the bad guys. And Esperanza uh, Trading Company is like, well, then why don't we have a shop? Yeah. <laughs> so whatever he's, you know, they said, they said <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <gasps> There's an organization. I can't. <laughs> Can't genderize them. I don't know. It's, it's fair. I'm following. <laughs> they said, they said, Julia, come on. Yeah. Keep up. People like, you know, Jessica Zolman Winslow, who wrote in talking about how this is a huge blow to, mm -hmm. you know, their community, like they still lose and that sucks. And I just feel like we're at a point in Portland's history where we need that feeling of community where we need mm -hmm. that feeling of third spaces being there. We just, we need to feel like our neighborhood is worth it. <laughs> you know, it's Absolutely. worth the taxes. It's worth whatever. I can see that place being a cornerstone for a lot of people. And I'm wondering about the timing of this. It feels really suspicious because it seems like everything was good and well up until this point, right? The business mm -hmm. was flourishing and then all of this kind of falls apart all at once. And if they're okay with them existing under this like sublease for so long, what makes it any different now? And why why is it necessary to increase the rent by so much? But outside of that, I also wonder what their intention is with the space after this. If they go and just fill in another different cafe in there or a restaurant, why did it matter so much to push this specific group out? Because I'd imagine the the space itself is retrofitted to support a business like that. Um, so I'm curious about like what put so much bad blood in that relationship specifically. Yeah. Especially after supposedly, you know, it's Deborah Peterson. That's the, the manager of Beckwith and Peterson LLC, which is the, you know, landlord. And Esperanza is saying, hey, Deborah, you were excited to have us here. Mm -hmm. and, and now this is what she wrote. If you're just like, what happened? This is her side of the story. Again, they said, they said. We believe that Esperanza, the current non-legal sub-leasee, is trying to create a false, salacious, and unfair narrative. That's on top of the code violations, unpaid rent, and many other mounting issues that our family continues to pay for, both financially and at the hands of social media bullies. Now... That's when I stop like social media bullies. I'm like, come on, girl. <laughs> no one's knocking the food off your plate. <laughs> like, no one's. <laughs> yeah, that's like being out of a job versus reading some mean comments on Instagram is very different. I yeah, will say. and also like social media is like, is anyone you know bothering you while you're trying to get to work? Is anyone setting your car on fire? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> you're fine. Trust me. Yeah, to draw a comparison, there are some real social media bullies out there. Uh -huh. Like, come on, man. So. We don't, again, we don't know what's going on, but that's their side that mm -hmm. all, but again, this could be, you know, 
if uh, the landlords are accusing Esperanza Trading Company of inflating, you know, their side of the story, then what's to say that they're not inflating their side of the story? Oh, so yeah. I don't know. The only thing that is clear is that, unfortunately, that neighborhood no longer has their space that they were so excited for, which yeah. sucks. Yeah. And you know me. Like, I go to Dear Sandy, which is like a cafe bar down the street from me like every other day because I need my third space. I would yeah. be devastated if it closed unexpectedly. But on top of that, the people who work there, these employees, these baristas, aren't responsible for how the business was being managed. And now they are all of a sudden out of a job, which I think is the biggest pain in all of this. But yeah. I was seeing there is a GoFundMe that's being run by one of the managers there to help support um, the workers as they account for lost wages, looking for new jobs. So if you're interested in, in showing your support in any way, that that is out there. And I feel like I've seen this happen a number of times now. I, specifically around cafes, I've noticed there's a lot of efforts being put into account for lost wages. Even this weekend, I went and hung out at a new place called Flower Bloom. And they were doing this cool thing where they gave all of their workers the profits for the past two weekends to account for the ice shutdown which I've never seen before. So at least there is like this general attitude across the board of looking out for workers nowadays where things like this maybe don't have to be as devastating as they once were, but still a huge blow to the community. Yeah, I always wonder if if just nicer people are running these businesses or if like if the owners are getting trained a little bit better by social expectations of how workers should be treated, you know? Mm -hmm. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is something that happened literally uh, right around my block. So you know that I live very, very close to Pasaficha de Oro um, and the garrison and that area in St. John's. And um, as you know, if you don't know, Pasaficha de Oro is an excellent Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. They v are very small. They make like 60 portions of pasta and they sell out. And they've been there for a couple years they're a neighborhood staple. People do come from outside of the neighborhood to eat there, but they know people who go there who are the regulars know that if you don't get there early, they're definitely going to sell out by like seven at the least. They're open from five to nine, but they're usually sold out by <laughs> yeah. seven, seven thirty. So sometime in early January, a very influential uh, food influencer from Portland decided to make a video and talk about pasta feature. This uh, influencer is named Foodie Snitch. If you've, you're listening, you probably know about Foodie Snitch. They're a Portland-based kind of like style food influencer because it's more than restaurants. They do other stuff. But I've noticed she tends to hit spots that are already kind of like in the know or already have a buzz. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem to go to places that, that are like, you know, small up-and-coming mom-and-pop immigrant places. Let's just put it that way. Now, Pasta Future Loro was already, like I said, selling out. Once Foodie Snitch hit, Pasta Ficho had a line around the block Yeah, before five o'clock. Not only that, they were selling out in less than an hour. Yep. And these are people that aren't from St. John's. So imagine having to drive all the way to St. John's because we're kind of removed. So these are people from <laughs> the Burbs. These are people from Beaverton. These are anyone who maybe relies on food influencers to tell them like where it's cool, you know? Mm -hmm. So these are people who are like in good faith being like, oh, this must be a great place. They're coming through. It's nice to see, you know, as St. John loves seeing new people. We're just like, hooray. But unfortunately, a lot of people were getting frustrated yeah. that they would come, line up. 
think they're going to get in because they're in a line. And then like the line moves through what, like 45 minutes later, Maggie unfortunately has to come out, who's one of the proprietors. And it's just like, I'm so sorry, you guys, we're sold out. So this was happening over and over again. And it was kind of like, I don't know, Julia, if you ever like were a kid who loved a band that was kind of local and then they blew up and you're just like, oh man, I remember when they used to play the smaller rooms. I was feeling that about like my rest, my local restaurant, you know, and not only that, but just Mm -hmm. seeing Maggie and Chase, who again are the proprietors, just, you can see that they were so stoked, but also just like, they were so tired. There was like 40,000 likes on that one post about their pasta and their salad. From the foodie snitch? Yeah, from the foodie snitch. 40,000 people were interested in showing up. So I can't imagine what they were going into work thinking could happen after the first rush. Like, that's terrifying. I mean, you know, double-edged sword because this is, you know, this happened in January. And if anyone knows anything about the restaurant is, January is notoriously the slowest month. Mm-hmm. So not slow for Pasta Ficho. They've been doing awesome. But also they're just like, holy crap, what the <laughs> hell? And not only that, again, the expectations of what's going to happen. So there are people that are coming from different areas, maybe don't understand, one, how St. John's works. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a very chill neighborhood. Let's just put it that way. It's very relaxed. Also, there's amazing places to eat anywhere. So if what was what awesome was that Maggie was coming out and, like, being like, go to Gracie's, go to Non and Curry, go to, like, mm-hmm. the new Korean. Like, basically, like, hey, there's amazing food options you can go to after this if you're not, mm-hmm. if you can't get in here. But what was happening is people were upset with Pasta Ficho. Mm-hmm. Like, it was their fault that they couldn't go in. There's not even enough space in their restaurant to hold as many people. Like, you have to go to the garrison, which is the adjoining cocktail bar. There's an outdoor space. Like, I was – so I sat there this Saturday because I went in and uh, was lucky enough to get some pasta. Mm. And I was just seeing – the, and you could just tell when someone's not from the area because they come in. They're like, do you have room for nine? And we're all just like, (laughs) oh, boy. Come on, buddy. Oh, boy, buddy. (laughs) No. (laughs) The reason I'm bringing this up is that um, on February 1st, somebody came. It was sold out, and they got so angry, they started banging on the door of the restaurant. And it was just Maggie alone with one other person. And I'm just going to... I'm just going to play a little audio of the video that she put out because she was very shaken when this happened. PSA, we make 60 portions a night and we sell out and that's just how we do our business. And it sucks if you get here late and we're sold out and it sucks for us too. We don't do reservations because we want St. John's people in the neighborhood to still feel like they can roll up and get an opportunity to get pasta. I know some people don't fully understand it because not everybody's going to understand But please do not come up to my door, bang on it when it's just me and my other female staff, and demand to know why I run my restaurant the way I do. Give me service advice, basically in like a yelly, condescending tone. Make us feel uncomfortable and unafraid. Like, just don't do that. If we're sold out, there's other restaurants open on Thursday. Yeah, that is frankly hard to listen to. And here's the thing. Maggie and Chase, the owners of the restaurant, they put so much care and love and attention into this restaurant, so much so that it's like a privilege to eat there. So when I think about it, the fact that this person didn't get to eat there is good with me. 
I would prefer <laughs> for someone like that to not get to enjoy everything that Chase and Maggie have put into this experience. They, like, frankly are not owed that. And to have that kind of reaction is never okay. It's completely inappropriate. And I feel really bad for Maggie that she had to go through that alongside her coworker. It's such a difficult position to be in. And to have to maintain professionalism in that mm -hmm. is really unfair. Yeah. And again, I'm like, I brought up food extension not to be like, oh, this is her fault. But I do, I sometimes wonder about food influencers if like, again, they're blowing up spots, most of them, that just don't need it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's other restaurants in St. John's that were really cool, but like, I don't know. It just, there's just sometimes where I'm like, man, I, I'm happy. I'm so happy more people, like you said, are now, mm -hmm. you know, part of the pasta feature family in a sense where they know how good the pasta is, that maybe, you know, they understand how special it is. Because it is, it's mm -hmm. like you're being invited into someone's home. It does open up a larger conversation about the responsibility of these food influencers and the impact that they have on these small businesses. And I wonder about the kinds of conversations that are had before these posts are made exactly. to protect these business owners. Because even if we were to break it down to the tiny details, Maggie doesn't even have someone working that could manage this line around the block. Like, no, it's to just start, her. Right? Yeah. There's no host. So that alone is going to create chaos, let alone people coming in now upset because they're not being served and everything else that comes with it, trying to maintain that reputation is very yeah. stressful. Yeah. You know, here's the deal. I did hear from the owners, of course, like Maggie and Chase, that they had a lovely experience with this food influencer. They were actually like, they're like, she came in real humble, real nice, you know, paid for like paid, like was sweet, tipped, mm -hmm. like was a normal person coming through eating and not drawing too much attention to mm -hmm. what was happening. Yeah. Which is great, you know, for <laughs> it's a small space to have see someone like doing selfies and, you know, all that stuff. Using their it, flash. It, yeah. So I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say that they enjoyed her being there. That's good. That being said, <laughs> what's happening now seems again to be like a lot for them to have to handle, but not only them, Julia, but like the community. Like yeah. I hate to be like me, but I'm just yeah. like, it's kind <laughs> of a pain to have to, like this spot, you know, like fine. Like, oh, I don't have to eat at Pasta Feature every day, but like, I can't even find a seat at the garrison, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, it's just like crazy. And it's just, I don't know. And again, it's most of the time, like I was there, everyone seemed really chill, but it's just like the hint of toots where you're just like, look, if you're just going to go to any place that a food influencer blows up, just don't come with a tood. <laughs> These people are trying their best, especially if you're following a food influencer that only hits up cool spots. <laughs> <They're Yeah>. Just <laughs> that spot was already freaking well attended. Yeah. yeah. This isn't some Keith Lee shit that she's doing, that she's like showing up <laughs> to these immigrant food trucks. It should be clear that what you're getting yourself into is possibly not eating tonight if you show yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that being said, if you do want to go to Pasta Ficho, I would say just chill on it for a little bit. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or get there at like 4 p.m. 
Go there right now. Go there right now. For the weekend. Anyhow, yeah, that is my my restaurant hot goss corner. It's a lot of hot goss. (laughs) Thank you. It's two. It's two hot goss. Sizz. (laughs) You're like, that's a lot. I'm like, it's two, Julia. But (laughs) if anyone out there, I don't know if this is going to be like a regular thing or hot goss corner. But if anyone has something that you're just like, okay, I don't have a reported story, but here's a thing, like, we should talk about this or we should Mm -hmm. bring this in to uh, the larger conversation, like, hit us up because, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're just shaping this midweek microdose roundup. As we speak. As we speak, yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, Julia, thank you so much for hanging out with me, um, bringing in some stories and um, I'm here's to just like just like a little <laughs> a little podcast prayer. Here's to third spaces and to awesome yeah. places in your neighborhood and like hold them close because it's like what makes your neighborhood magic. Straight up. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for chatting, Claudia. This was fun. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend, rate or leave us a review. It really does help us out. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims.